Good morning. morning. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is good to be back. Uh, And I'd like to give a huge thanks to Pastor Jim for uh, the support covering for me as my family wrestled with COVID. Uh, We are back in action. And, uh, you know, thank you for all of your prayers. I don't know if it was more difficult for all of us to be sick or to be stuck inside the house for seven days with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Nonetheless, we have made it and we are back and it's great to see you this morning. Last week, we began this new series called Abiding in Christ, which is a deep dive into John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And Jesus is teaching, I am the vine and you are the branches and everything that came with it. He unfolds this idea of himself as the true vine, of the father as the gardener, and of us as the branches, and what it means for our lives in this vineyard that God has created. Today we're continuing through this text as we look at Jesus' phrase in verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you, or abide in me as I also abide in you. These words of Jesus are both an invitation and a promise for us today. Now, one thing I'd like to do at the outset today is to touch a bit on the core Lutheran theological distinctive of law and gospel. Law and gospel crucial theological ideas for the Lutheran understanding of Scripture. And in the broadest strokes possible, law is that which we see in the Scripture that reminds and convicts us of our sin. It shows us to be incapable, how we are incapable of living up to perfection, and it can drive us to despair, resignation, frustration, and bitterness. That is, if it doesn't drive us to repentance. The next is gospel. It's the reminder that we are not saved or made righteous right in the eyes of God by our ability to adhere to the law and to live perfectly up to the rules, but rather that we are saved by grace and made righteous by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not by the law. And as Lutheran Christians, we understand that the law is not supposed to drive us to despair. The law is supposed to drive us into the arms of Christ. And I say all this uh, because it's easy to read passages of Scripture, like the ones today, where Jesus is telling us to do something. He's to, you know, today he's saying, abide in me, remain in me. It can be easy to hear these words that are, com- seem like commands as law rather than gospel. As words that are reminding us of how we aren't currently good enough because our lives are marked and marred by sin. This picture up front, this is Matthew McConaughey. Um, He is wearing a pair of blue glasses, which seem completely functionless to me. Um, Because when you wear blue glasses, everything you look at is blue. And that that just doesn't seem all that helpful. 
You see, when he's wearing these, everything he sees is blue, even when it really isn't. And you may be wondering, what's with the tangent? Uh, here's a question that I want to encourage you to learn to ask of yourself. If you ever experience your life of faith, your relationship with Christ, your encounter with God's word in the scriptures, if you ever experience those as a burden rather than a blessing, I want you to learn to ask yourself the question, am I wearing the lenses of the law right now? Am I looking at things through the law and seeing Jesus' command or even condemnation when I should be seeing Jesus' invitation? You see, Christ invites us to take off the lenses of the law and put on the lenses of the gospel. To see this not as a requirement for our salvation, but as an invitation to live in the abundant riches of his love, grace, and power today. Jesus' words, abide in me. They're not the commands of a tyrant to do what he says. They are the invitation of the Prince of Peace to come and find rest, grace, and life in the shadow of his wings. And so Jesus says, abide in me. Now something that came out as I was doing research for this message today is something I've missed for years in this text. It's easy for us who don't live in an agricultural society like Jesus did uh, to miss this. But this language in the text today this agricultural language, he's actually, in this word abide, he's talking about grafting. And he's talking about a branch being grafted onto a vine. And that's the image we have up front right here, is a new branch being grafted onto an existing vine. It's the process of taking that sprig and attaching it to another so that ultimately it is going to be supported and given life by the vine and in fact, also bear its fruit. When a branch is grafted onto a vine, two things happen. The first is that the graft begins to send root fibers into the existing vine. And the vine does the same. It sends its own new fibers up into the graft. And the second thing is this the sap from the vine begins to flow into the new branch, giving it life so that it grows and ultimately bears fruit. And eventually you go from what we see here to this. A strong connection, so much so that the two have become one. And in the process of someone tending a vine... What they would say about this is that the branch abides in the vine and the vine abides in the branch. See, Jesus doesn't just say, abide in me, but he also promises, I will abide in you. 
And what an incredible statement that is, an incredible promise. Jesus doesn't merely command us, remain in me, as if it were some work of righteousness to be done by us, but he says that everything that I am, everything that a vine ever is and could be for a branch, I will be for you. Like sap to a newly grafted branch, God's grace and his love and his power flow from Christ and into us. Now, when I was in college, um, I had a friend named Eric Owen, great guy, and we called him Eric 4.0 Owen because he was a genius and had a 4.0 GPA. We thought like, wow, that's impressive that you still keep that going through all of these years. Uh, but I remember when I learned for the first time that you can actually get a GPA above a 4.0. I know you teenagers here know that. Anybody else, did you know that? You can get more than a 4.0 now. Uh, I thought 4.0 was perfect, but apparently not, because you can take advanced placement classes. And so now there are folks who are graduating with a 4.3, 4.5, 4.7 GPA. But you know what the crazy thing about that is? There are some of these 4.5s, these 4.6s, that are not making it into their first choice schools. Sometimes they're not even making it into the third. Better than perfect is no longer good enough. And that's in fact the way of this world. We live in a world that takes and takes and takes. It never gives and it's never satisfied. There's never a good enough. It demands its own kind of righteousness in accordance with its own kind of law. But no matter where you look in this world and in this culture we live in, there is no grace to be found. Not true grace. You got an A, but it should have been an A+. And it should have been in an advanced class. You made six figures this year. But it should have been in the mid-six figures. Or the high. You got the college scholarship. But was it D1? And was it a full ride? <laughs> there are so many false vines in this world. They promise meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. They promise a fruitful life, and we can be drawn to abide in them, to make our lives about them. But they don't deliver on their promises. They take and take, but they do not give. And it is into that world, into our lives, that our Lord calls out to us today, and he says, lay those aside and abide in me. He says, I am the true vine. And he extends the invitation and the promise. When you abide in me, I too abide in you. He says, you will find new life, abundant life, and eternal life only when you find it in me. You'll find meaning and purpose in this life only when you find it in me. You will find true rest 
in this life. Only when you find it in me. It's an invitation to live in the truth and light of the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ. And it is a promise that God always makes good on his word. It says this world takes, but I will give. This world drains, but I will nourish and strengthen you. If you abide in this world, you will find your life withered and fruitless. But when you abide in me, you will find it vibrant and fruitful. There is only one true vine, and that vine is Jesus Christ. And not only does he extend the invitation for us to abide in him, to be grafted onto him, but he also promises to abide in us, to give his grace and life and light. He will be your source. Everything that a vine is to the branch, Jesus promises to be for us. And yet the the church has a huge problem, I think. I think it's actually a problem here too, right at St. Timothy's, if I might be so bold as to say. I think that the church, we expect far too little of Christ alive and at work in our lives, in and through us. Think about it. Jesus says, I am the Prince of Peace. What do you think is possible in your life when you abide in the Prince of Peace and the Prince of Peace himself is abiding in you? Jesus overcame the grave. What do you think is possible in your life? What could overcome you when the one who overcame the grave is alive in you? It is not offensive to God for us to expect and to hope that he is going to deliver on his promises. Amen? It feels bold, but bold faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, everything that the vine is to the branch, Jesus has promised he will be for you. The invitation to each of us to abide in him and to dwell in him, in the vine that gives us life. I want to end today in the same way that we ended last week, with a prayer from Andrew Murray's classic book, The True Vine. I invite you to pray it along with me. Here we are, Lord, branches that are cleansed and abiding, resting in you and awaiting the inflow of your life and grace. Amen. I invite you to stand.